no, you can't put that in there. What do you mean he's vegan? So you're saying your Sumatran tiger is vegan? I highly doubt that. You put him in that enclosure with those flock animals, then you're looking at a bloodbath. Our pseudo-RPG games of Ark Nova, I think we're taking a little too seriously, don't you think? I know it's been on the shelf for a while, but we need to get back into practice, as I've just pre-ordered Ark Nova Marine Worlds. You'll have to get your armbands on for that one, chap. I know, I know, I was joking. Right, before we go to a break, get it? Break? No? Okay. Oh, we best get the news done before we have, uh, you know, grizzly bear banging on the shed door. You know I meant Jason. Button please, chap. Hit it. Many people play board games to get away from screens and tech that seem to dominate every part of our lives at this moment in time. We've seen it in certain games that are introducing app-based components, adding elements to gameplay or just there for atmospheric sounds. Well, the latest tech movement to try breaking into the hobby is none other than AI. A recent business partnership between the massive toy corporation Hasbro and an Italian tech company, Explored, is apparently preparing a future for AI integration into board games. A recent press release detailing the partnership doesn't seem like much on its face beyond the By the Numbers partnership to put more hardware in plastic collectibles, toys and games. But one choice quote from Adam Beale, Senior Vice President, and general manager of Hasbro changed that though. As the global leader in tabletop games, we envision a future where technology seamlessly integrates into analog gaming experience and working with Explored enables us to deliver innovative gameplay to our players and fans. Limitless digital expansion to physical games, seamless onboarding and powerful AI-driven game mechanics, Beale said. The mention of artificial intelligence at the end of the quote could be nothing more than an on-point trend planted by some executive with a pet project. Explored, however, is the name behind Tbrew, a platform that intertwines cutting-edge digital technology with the latest trends in tabletop gaming. Bearing the unfortunate Fidigital moniker, Board games such as The Bad Karmas and Sword and Sorcery are signing bold checks to players by promising social features, MMO-esque connected worlds with AI-driven opponent behaviours. The folks behind Explored sound like believers in their own product, ensuring players that digital technology is there to enhance the experience at the table and not divorce board games from the tangible feel of components and cards. So what would AI-driven mechanics look like? Explored would likely point towards more realistic in-game competition and behind-the-scenes decision-making that allows players to focus on the action in front of them, instead of a deck of behaviour cards or a rules sheet. They want board games to feel more like a video game with meeples and tokens instead of a controller. But with the current 
Actors and Writers Guild strikes doing the rounds over Hollywood executives increasingly using AI written scripts as a future for the television and film industry, a choice that would maroon creative workers in unemployment and professional obscurity. Hasbro has spent the last few years rubbing elbows with the film industry via Honor Among Thieves and Barbie movies. Toss in the well-documented urge to chase the latest Silicon Valley Golden Goose, it's not difficult to imagine the multiple Monopoly spin-offs that could be created by AI filling the shelves at some point. Oh, the horror. We announced a while ago that the latest game to be given the legacy campaign status was indeed one of the respected Ticket to Ride by Days of Wonder. This week we have a few more details of the upcoming release, Ticket to Ride Legends of the West. Designed by Rob DeVoe, Matt Leacock and the original creator Alan R. Moon, Legends of the West takes place over 12 games that form a legacy campaign. Much like with Pandemic and Risk Legacy, over the course of these games, you'll help change and update your game board, which will then be turned into your own unique copy of use in normal games of Ticket to Ride. With Ticket to Ride, you will still be completing tickets, but as you go through the game, you'll unlock new mechanics that may take you in unexpected directions. As the story continues, you'll open frontier boxes, which give you new rules, content, surprises and such. As the beginning, you'll be starting off small, but slowly and surely you'll be building up your map. The core Ticket to Ride experience is still very satisfying even for a seasoned hobby gamer, so having the option to turn it into a sprawling legacy experience is a great idea. Risk, at the best of times, can be one of those games that can take a little longer than expected, especially when you've got a few highly strategic players in deep tactical combat, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. However, for those of us that want the experience of Risk without the time commitment, can rejoice as Risk Strike translates the broad strokes of the board game into a competitive card and dice game that plays in less than half an hour. Published by Avalon Hill, Risk Strike plays with far less pieces than its larger predecessors, but still attempts to distill Risk's classic strategy warfare into something suitable for a group of 2-5 to five players that can be played in rounds that apparently last about 20 minutes. That's a far smaller time investment, but it comes at the cost of those tiny horses and cannons. Very much a risk game at its heart, players will compete to conquer as many of the 42 countries as possible, although these are represented on cards. Once someone controls all of the countries in a single continent, they earn a domination coin. Once someone controls all of the countries in a single continent, they earn a domination coin. In a standard game, only two domination coins clinch victory for the would-be conqueror, so destabilization is the name of the game. Battles see opposing sides committing troops to a skirmish by playing cards, depicting their conquered lands. Once all troops have been fielded, each player rolls six-sided attack dice and defense dice to determine the outcome. Twisting this time-honoured risk formula is the addition of tactics cards that feature battle actions, such as surprise deployments, rallying, sabotage, spycraft and bombing runs. Each of these manoeuvres might tip the tide in your favour, or at least scorch and salt the earth beneath your enemy's feet. 
Images of the bite-sized board game on its Amazon store listing reveals a relatively tiny size of Risk Strike, and just how unrisky the atmosphere can be when that massive world map is removed. As an aside, Avalon Hill has also been inviting a number of other studios into the Risk household to spruce up the place. Renegade Game Studios will be responsible for three licensed spin-off versions featuring pop culture IPs, as well as rescuing Heroescape from a second trip to publishing Purgatory. The upcoming Doctor Who set for Magic the Gathering has revealed more of the cards including the first proper look at the 10th Doctor, the TARDIS and indeed the Daleks. Announced last summer and revealing a release date for this October, ahead of the British TV show's 60th anniversary and the debut of the 14th Doctor. Since then we've seen plenty of Whovian artwork, a glimpse of the set's take on land cards and a first look at the returning plane chase format, in the form of a plane and phenomenon cards that introduce various ongoing effects to each match, as a way of following the Doctor and their companions travels through time and space. The latest card reveals happened at this week's San Diego Comic Con, where they showed off three new planes, multiple appearances for David Tennant's 10th Doctor, the TARDIS both inside and out, and a saga card representing the series' iconic Bad Wolf storyline, along with token cards for several of the Doctor's foes, including the legendary Daleks. The new planes include the TARDIS Bay, which adds Cascade to the first spell cast on each turn for mana, value 2 or more, allowing the player to exile cards from their library to the bottom of their deck until they reach a non-land card worth less than the card they played, before being able to cast it for free. The plane's chaos ability, activated when the planeswalker symbol is rolled on the planar die, gives the player control of a target artifact before planeswalking to a new location as usual. Bad Wolf Bay, which will likely bring a lump to the throat of many a Doctor Who fan of a certain era, instead allows players to exile a target creature at the start of combat, returning it to its owners at the start of the next end step. Its chaos ability stops exiled cards from entering the battlefield that turn. The third newly revealed playing card is the Doctor's Tomb on Trenzalore, the super-sized TARDIS that served as the climatic location of the three-episode finale to Matt Smith's tenure as the 11th Doctor. The card exiles creatures instead of dying, forcing their controller to lose two life. When chaos ensues, the active player is able to swap around players' life totals. The Bad Wolf arc also makes an appearance on Saga card The Parting of Ways, which allows the player to add time counters before time travelling twice, using the set's time travel mechanic to add or remove time counters from suspended and permanent cards with a token. In its third step, the Saga allows the player to destroy a target artifact controlled by each of their opponents. The TARDIS card, which was shown off in both its normal appearance and the new TARDIS showcase frame treatment, has flying Crew 2, allowing creatures with a total value of at least 2 to be tapped to make it an artifact creature for the rest of the turn, and the ability to cascade the next spell cast and planeswalk when it attacks with a 2-4, if the player also controls a Time Lord. One of those Time Lords could be the 10th Doctor, who also saw a standard card and TARDIS showcase appearance, with cartoony artwork for David Tennant revealed. 
a legendary creature with 3-5. The 10th Doctor references two of Tennant's memorable quotes with a long Z and timey-wimey. The first allows the card to exile cards until the player finds a non-land card, before placing three time counters on it and gaining suspend whenever the 10th Doctor attacks. The second allows the card to time travel three times as a sorcery at the cost of seven colourless mana. We also got a first look at some of the tokens appearing in the set too, including a look at Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor discovering a clue, a token that can draw a card by playing two mana and sacrificing the token, and a reference to the unusual diet of Matt Smith's 11th Doctor on a food token showing fish fingers and custard, which pay two mana, tap and be sacrificed back to get three life. Two of the Doctor's foes made an appearance in tokens, with a generic alien insect, a flying 1-1, and the iconic Dalek, a 3-3 with menace, meaning it can't be blocked by a single creature. The Dalek's legendary catchphrase, Exterminate, appears on a separate sorcery card costing two colourless and a single black mana, granting the ability to replicate by tapping a Dalek to copy the spell as many times as cards tapped, before destroying a target creature and damaging their controller for three life. All of the cards will appear in the four Commander decks that make up the Magic the Gathering's Doctor Who set, as part of its Universes Beyond series. Timey Wimey teams up the 9th, 10th and 11th Doctors, plus their respective companions, while Blast from the Past features the first 8 Doctors and Paradox Power the 12th and 13th Doctors. Masters of Evil, meanwhile, brings together the Doctor's various enemies. Additional cards with the TARDIS showcase frame treatment will appear alongside other rare and holographic cards in separate collector booster boxes. Magic the Gathering's Doctor Who set will be released on October the 13th. Warhammer 40,000 is getting another board game that will pack in a number of figures from the Grimdark Universe's beloved dungeon crawler Blackstone Fortress, including an especially hard-to-find model from one of its expansions. Combat Arena Lair of the Beast is Games Workshop's latest standalone addition to Warhammer 40,000. Following on from the original Combat Arena spin-off released in 2019, and last year's Clash of Champions. Combat Arena was itself a 40k remake of the fantasy-flavoured Gore Chosen, set in Warhammer's Age of Sigmar setting. While past Combat Arena games simply saw players duke it out in a tight-knit gladiatorial arena with a single miniature each, Lair of the Beast will throw in a new VE into the PvP action as well as needing to fight their fellow combatants, the two to four players will need to deal with the monstrous presence of an amble, a massive alien with stompy feet and unpleasant mandibles. That amble will be represented by a returning miniature from the dreaded amble expansion for Warhammer Quest Blackstone Fortress. While Blackstone Fortress 2018 base game remains in print, the out-of-print expansions for the sci-fi HeroQuest successor have remained difficult, or at the very least expensive, to pick up in the years since their release. As such, the Amble's inclusion in Lair of the Beast will mark a welcome return to wider availability and affordability for the sought-after model. Several more of 
Lair of the Beasts' 10 playable characters are similarly pulled from existing Blackstone Fortress sculpts, joining the likes of Space Marine Sergeant Venero and Robot UR024 in the playable roster of characters. Each has unique abilities and loadouts that can be used to try and wrest victory. While the return of a rare miniature at a reasonable price is good news, the potentially less good news is that it won't be quite so easy to find depending on where you live. Combat Arena, Lair of the Beast has only been confirmed for release in Barnes & Noble in North America and in Germany at retailers Muller, Thalia, Elbenwald and GameStop, meaning the rest of the world, including the UK, will still need to try and track down a copy. There comes a time at any gaming group where strategy goes out the window. Brain burning has eventually burnt out and you just need something light-hearted and fun to finish the day off with a bigger smile than you started with. We recently picked up a copy of Pigs on Trampolines at UKGE, which is just mindless fun bouncing plastic pigs off trampolines into a muddy puddle. Pure mindless fun. Well, a new board game from Canadian publisher Scorpion Mask will have you race a car around a track using your blindfolded friend's thumb like a video game arcade joystick. It looks completely wild and very, very funny. Turbo Kid comes from the publisher that brought you brain-blowing party game Decrypto and last year's Puzzler Turing Machine, as well as the Zombie Kids series of family-friendly board games. As the kids in the name implies, Turbo Kids is technically set in the universe of Zombie Kids, albeit after the zombie apocalypse has been averted and humanity has decided to take to the track in Mario Kart-like races. The game's artwork borrows the bright cartoony style of previous Zombie Kids games, as well as featuring cameos for several of their characters. The game's novel control scheme by designer Emmanuel Galvain involves one player being blindfolded while another player grasps their thumb like a retro joystick. Together the pair must attempt to steer the car around each of the Turbo Kids 16 courses, with a blindfolded player drawing a literal driving line on the board using a dry wipe pen as their co-pilot moves their thumb and provides some directions out loud. The game can be played cooperatively or in competitive multiplayer races up to 6 players controlling 3 cars, which make use of turbo boosts and customised gadgets for each of 6 different vehicles that can help slow down opponents. Turbo Kids is due for release later this year. And we're heading on over to Board Game Geek and this week's Top 5 Hotness. So these games on the list may already be out, due to come out or crowdfunding at the moment. It tends to be a list based on what people are searching for over on Board Game Geek right now and as of recording. In 5. It's inched its way back into the top 5 and it's heat pedal to the metal. I don't need to say any more, do I? In 4. The Witcher's back. Go and explore your continent, upgrade your skills and fight monsters or even witches for trophies to your heart's content. In 3. Scythe Expeditions. Venture to the dangerous north in this tile exploration sequel to Scythe. In 2. My Gold Mine. Go collect gold nuggets while avoiding the dragon watching over the horde. In 1. Brand new in is Horror on the Orient Express, the board game. 
Go investigate clues and battle monsters while travelling on the famous train, the Orient Express. And we're over on crowdfunding. Uh, this week we are back on Kickstarter. The game is Wizards & Co. It's by Dave Clark and Sinister Fish Games. It's for 2-4 to four players. It's going to take 30-60 to 60 minutes to play. Ages 14 and over and ends on Wednesday 9th of August. The High Necromancer is dead. His dungeons lie unguarded, packed full with gems and artifacts ripe for plunder. There's just one problem. The enchanted treasure vaults can only be breached by a wizard. A good job then that you're one and especially greedy wizard at that. With time on your hands and absolutely no respect for the dead. You'll need a crew to carry all those riches home though, so you'll need to head to the Henchpersons and Minions Guild and go for the deal of the day, 10 of the meanest beasts, bullies and brutes available. They may not smell good, but they'll get the job done. However, you're not the only gem-grabbing, spell-slinging with flexible morals and a sneaky strategy, for rival wizards have come to take the treasure that should be yours. It's annoying that they hide the same gang of minions as you did, but it was a great deal. You and the adversaries are evenly matched, so you'll need to deploy your underlings carefully. They'll enter dungeons as you command, clashing with their rivals, battling for loot, all while navigating the enchantments left by the necromancer. The artifacts you'll find might swing things in your favour, allowing you to wield weapons of legend and summon horrifying monsters to fight for you. With a steel sentinel by your side, how could you fail? Fight well and wisely, or just fight dirty. Either way, bring back as much loot as you can, because only one wizard can be victorious. On to pledge levels. Well, apart from the standard retailer pledge, there is just one pledge level for the game and all the stretch goals, and that's an easily digestible £24. I told you there'd be a feeding frenzy in that enclosure. I mean, look at the mess. He wasn't vegan, was he? pescatarian my posterior just because he had to go near water was it right say goodbye to everyone before we go in and clear up the mess is he locked up yet we don't need him eating duck as an aperitif well yeah thinking i should be worried more than you anywho say goodbye and it's a goodbye from me Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week. Unless that tiger takes me out. Bye.